for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. He's going, going, back to back to Bozeman, Bozeman. Now, I like like the, I don't know, the, the cadence of that was fine. I, I appreciate where you were coming from. What's that? <laughs> and I was drunk. Oh, okay. That well, that makes a little bit Sitting of sense. Sitting at the hotel bar in Philadelphia thinking, like, watching Sam Houston get their ass okay. kicked. Because, like, you're a, you know, you're a borderline poet. I mean, we're not, you're not, we're not talking Shakespeare here, but I was kind of <laughs> like, okay, I like that, but Bozeman to replace Callie? Eh. <laughs> Okay, but you know, the, the yeah the, the the liquor or the alcohol part of it makes sense. Box for that, thank you, appreciate it. Gonna enjoy it later. The the chicken patty melt uh, here at the Gateway Lounge. Thanks to Susie, she's awesome. She's here most days. Um, and by the way, you Matt Zimmer, uh, unlike last week, drinking a Budweiser as uh, I'm having the customary Sierra Nevada for this event, this weekly event. Uh, what? But last week you weren't. You you didn't uh, you didn't you didn't buy. You just had a water last week. Were you much busier? Did you have something more serious? I don't even to... remember that. Oh, okay, because you because you have some work to do this afternoon, don't you? Do I'm you? going to Jack's practice this afternoon. Okay, you can but handle that. You know, I'll handle. You can have a, a Budweiser. Of Budweiser. Go to oh, a couple. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. See, I've got a I game. Just my second. Yeah, I know. I've got a game to call, and it's it's fine. You know, we're adults. We can handle that. And uh, can we? Can we? I don't know. I guess we'll find out tonight. I, I had two old fashions yesterday. I wouldn't want to have more than two. Uh, I don't work two, well under no, the influence. No, two drinks. Well, it depends. you got to give the time, too. If you I mean, like, th- even if I'm, like, people often ask me, because I, I do so much work at home, like just, you know, writing a feature story or yeah. a column or something where you're not at an event. Like, oh, do you, like, sit down and have a few cocktails while you write? Like, no, I don't. Mm. I can't. Once I get just think? a little bit of booze on my brain, like... I'm enabled. Not even like one. The, mm, the, I can't work. The, and I the can't. Like my, my brain just goes like, all right, we're drinking now. Oh. Put your computer away. <laughs> well, I can't do it. Yeah, see, I, 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 I had to do a story about bourbon, uh, old-fashioned bourbon drinks. Uh, not had to. I It was my idea, and they let me do it. But then I go and, of course, you know, drink the subject. Thank you. And... Uh, and this will be on Dakota News Now, DakotaNewsNow.com, shameless promotion. But I had that, you know, but like I had a couple. We went to one bar and had one. We went to another bar and had one. I had a, I had an old-fashioned Did you have a DD for this project? No, I didn't need one because oh what happened, because uh, we, uh, yeah, we went to a bar at the Carpenter Bar at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, so you walked? Went up to McKenzie at 4. Well, I mean, two old-fashioned, sh- two beers, two old-fashioned shouldn't prevent anyone from driving. The guy that I was with that's in the story, he's... Uh, Actually, my, my husband's boss, and he... Uh, I mean, you if know. you're talking to me, yeah, but if you're talking to one of these scolds that thinks, you know, you've been pulled over by the cop before, right, that you blow like a .04, and he's like, can you get a ride home? It's like, what are you talking about? The legal limit is .08. We've right. all been there, right? We've been there. <laughs> I didn't put myself in that position yesterday because I had to finish the story. Like, the, 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 the joke on me was like, hey, isn't this cool for work? You get to you get to cover and... and, and, and write and do something about it. alcohol and your favorite alcoholic beverage at your favorite bar yeah. and then oh yeah now I've got to go back and do the story like <laughs> on the same day it wasn't like oh we're done and uh, I'll go write this later it's like I, yeah, I, no I was 
I had to go back and work on it. So I had to so I wouldn't say sober up, but I did uh, I did call my boss and just tell him what was going on. And I just said, okay, I'm going to go out to dinner now. I've had two old fashions in me, but I'll you know I'll come back and write the story. And then I did. You know why? Because I'm an adult. Because I can have two drinks and even still go back and function and and work. And we'll see how that we'll see how that all turned out. But. Uh, yeah, it's 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 possible. Anything is possible. Kevin I wouldn't even Garnett. want to do this podcast with more than two beers in me because oh, God not? knows what I would say. Uh, well, I'm a little bit afraid of what you would say too. <laughs> Mainly just at me. I don't really care about anything else. Just whatever. Yeah, I'd probably just tell too many gay jokes and get fired later. Because <laughs> well, <over. laughs> people fire like I'm your boss or something. Well, I didn't yeah. say you would fire me. Someone else. Oh, would somebody like, else yeah. would fire yeah. you. Probably. Yeah. You know what era we live in. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. 2021. That yeah. is possible to happen. Um, this guy I never knows said something that has nothing to do with me, but I'm offended by it. Fire no. him. No, I'm just. I'd be. I'd be just more worried about my own insecure ego because because <laughs> some every now and then people will if I run into people who actually listen to this podcast usually in sports settings uh, they will just say why gee, I, I, you know they, most people say they like the podcast because that's what they're going to say to your face uh, <laughs> but then they but then they also say like God just Zimmer gives you so much crap <laughs> Give me, why do you and I'm just like it's I don't. I don't give a shit. It's like, I don't know. Jeez, I didn't know it was that much of an asshole. I'll tone it down a little bit. (laughs) No, please don't. (laughs) This is, you know, this is is supposed to be real life. Uh, (laughs) That's funny. I didn't mean to say. See, this is what one half of a Sierra Nevada can do for you. I probably wouldn't have said that without one half of a Sierra Nevada. I'm not saying you're an asshole in real life. Just kind of one. It's part of your charm. Wouldn't you agree with that? Nah, I've been called, I've been called that and worse many, <laughs> okay. many times by a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. you seem to be okay with that, um, but you know, reasonable. So you're going to Bozeman, Montana. Uh, thank you for. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're able to take time out of your uh, high flying, jet setting, limousine driving. I am getting limousine riding ways. Yeah, this is getting kind of like geez. Because cause you're driving to Brookings today. Is this the only day you're going up there this week? It or? is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I just mean, you know. Four weekends in a row now of, of of covering these games in four different time zones. You know that's crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, that doesn't happen in a regular season setting. You know because schedules in the regular season are supposed to be fair. You know you never go on the road more than twice in a row, and usually it's kind of every other week. And what the Jacks are doing right now is truly unprecedented. You know to have to, and they could have been on the road for their first round game too. You know that they made the playoffs. They were they bid for and received a home playoff game that could easily have been on the road too. To have to play this many consecutive games on the road is wild, and obviously to keep winning them, and they're the only unseeded team alive, and they've beaten two seeded teams last two weeks. Um, it's been something, and yeah, it's, I, I'm getting a little wore out just from all the travel because I don't get to travel with the team like I used to. So you know, they just charter in and out of the town they're going to. I'm, you know, stopping at Minneapolis uh, and Chicago and finding an Uber, and it's. Yeah. it's Get staying in different hotels, and uh, I had to stay an extra day in Philadelphia because my flight got canceled. I mean, it was a pain in the ass. Oh, your flight got canceled. Yeah, oh. I was supposed to be back early Sunday, and I get back till Monday morning, and it was. Uh, get to stay but, at the Philly but, airport. I mean, it's it's one of those things that it sucks while it's happening, but the games are fun, and uh, it's cool to see new cities, see new stadiums, and by the time this whole thing is over, whether it ends ends on Saturday or in Frisco or whatever, I mean. It's been a, a pretty cool ride to be a part of. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about what was uh, a, a very well played, entertaining playoff game mm-hmm. in Philly. Um, but I do, I do want to toss in the fact that we, we were 
we were kind of talking about how where you were going to stay and how you were going to go about the little downtime you would have in you know one of America's more famous and I don't know if it's celebrated as the right word cities uh, which you were which you were visiting for the first time and mm-hmm. uh, you weren't sure if you were going to stay downtown or not goes go anyway you ended up and I said uh, just yeah yeah go to the uh, so go to the Rocky statue thing. Go mm-hmm. go to the Liberty Bell. Yes, it's corny, but do it. It's you know you only live once. Blah blah blah. It's your first time there, and you did it, and you tweeted. But then you're like, but here are my pictures of this and that, and I'm uh-huh. a dork. Like, did you do you feel like sightseeing American landmarks makes you a dork? No, I mostly meant just posing with the Rocky statue. Okay, was, you know, I didn't want to, the guy who took my picture. Um, I was just going to take a picture in front of the Rocky statue. And he was like, hold your arms up. Do the thing. I was like, no. And he's like, I'm not taking the picture if you don't do it. Wow. Good and for him. Like, <laughs> All right. So you're, were you even going to smile on this? Or just I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I just was like, I don't want to be that guy. He's such a dork. But, and I love Rocky movies, as anyone who's read any of my stuff knows. But I just thought that was too corny. But the guy made me do it, so I did it. Okay. Right. Well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you shuffled It was fun to be that. there. It was fun to see it. Yeah. Is that- from what I gather... There are people see, running up and down the stairs and posing in front of the statue just about 24-7, 365. Sure. Yeah. There is never not okay. someone so there. So the statue is still on top of the stairs. No, no, no. It was That was just for the movie. Really? Yeah. The statue is there. They put it at the stop, top of the stairs for the movie, and then after the movie was done or whatever, they moved it down and off to the side. It's right there, but it's not up at the top of the stairs. Okay. Which I, I think makes sense. Like It's an art museum. What does Rocky have to do with that? You know? And Well, I mean... You could say that. I mean, that that it's not. It's that, part of what made it an iconic yeah, place. Why people go there. Well, you know? and it, it. I mean, film is art. That one. That 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 film won an Academy Award. I mean, it made Sylvester Stallone. So, I'd be I I'd be a little disappointed if it wasn't on. But you know, I'm, an, I'm an only I'm an only child. I and used to getting what I want. So you know, I'd be disappointed <laughs> in that. Unlike it's kind of like going to the Neil. Um, went to the Neil. You. Neil Young show about seven years ago with my uncle, the hipster, you know, the hipster music guy. Mm-hmm. Who's, and Neil Young's like his, you know, he's 66 years old. Neil Young's like his pinnacle, his favorite of all time. And um, and Neil plays all his hits, and I'm not as big of a fan. My uncle's loving it, and he never, and I'm waiting to see, well, what's going to be, what's going to be the closer? You know, what are we all waiting for him to go out with a bang or the encore on and I'm just the whole time I'm just thinking keep on rocking the free world come on come on come on come on come on and it ends up being cinnamon girl and after he was done with cinnamon girl that was it and we were walking out and my uncle has had this incredibly enjoyable experience he thought he thought it was perfect mm-hmm. and chef's kiss and I was and one of the first things I said was it was great but come on we're come on keep on I mean the place would have gone nuts and he just he looked at me like you fucking, you know, you in you in you ungrateful, spoiled, you know, come, so, you know. Neil Young does not have to play anything for anybody, and blah blah blah. I mean, I suppose, like, okay, you know, I've seen enough legacy artists, if you want to call them that, that have so many big hits that they can get away with not playing some of them. But I don't know if yeah. I'd consider Neil Young to be that level, like Cinnamon Girl. Would you, I, uh, <laughs> would you have been disappointed if he didn't play Keep on Rocking in the Free I World? I mean, maybe just because I'm not a huge fan of Neil Young, and that's one song of his that I do like. I think that but, was part of it for me. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of his most kind of poppy, you know. I don't know. Ear candy song. Anyway, favorite Rocky movie, by the way? Um, The first one. I This is how I would rank them. One, two, four, six... Three, five. Okay. Wow, five is the absolute worst. Oh, huh? that's 
unanimously. That's the one with Tommy Gunn. Oh, yeah. Where Rocky loses everything. And well, has, it's just depressing as fuck. Like, who wants to see Rocky lose everything and move into a shack and be a poverty-stricken loser? Like, that's what was he thinking with that? It's terrible. Uh, it, it, uh, Sylvester Sloan himself has said the reason that they ended up coming back and making a sixth, Rocky Balboa, because he's like, I, I don't want that to be the uh, final chapter. The finisher. Was, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the new one, so apparently you could, you'd recommend them. It's, okay. it's very good. And, and I was totally surprised. Like, I went to it in the theater fully expecting it to be absolutely awful. Yeah. Because, like, oh, God, can you just stop? Just quit. Stop making these movies. <laughs> you know? But he had said, like, hey, the last one sucked, and I don't want that to be the last one. And the sixth one is, is very good. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll take note of and that. The, the Creed movies are pretty good, too, which the character of Rocky is in those movies. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I'll make a confession. Never have seen three. And, and some people love three just because it was, you it's know. Corny, it's corny, but it's got the, the Hulk Hogan, yeah, Mr. Had, T. Yeah, because yeah. they were like the cultural icons in, in uh-huh. their prime. And, I, and I, I, I was alive then. I For some reason, I never yeah. saw it. I remember seeing four in the theaters, and I was like eight. And that well, was like, It's funny. Whoa. Four is the one that it, I think has aged the best. Critics ravaged it when it came out. The whole, I know, you know yeah. that the, you know that if you look at like Rotten Tomatoes, that one has like the worst ra- rankings or whatever. But like that's the one that we've seen the most. It gets replayed on television more than any of the other ones. Um, and I just think there's a certain '80s cheese to it yes. that everyone just really yep. likes and relates to. And the Dolph Lundgren character is great. Oh, you I mean, took the words per- out of my mouth. Perfect, perfect villain. Yes. The only the only thing I don't like is that like. I, I wrote this column about Rocky Balboa a few years ago when he was when Stallone was up for an Oscar for the Creed movie. Okay. I wrote a column saying Rocky Balboa is the greatest movie character of all time, Uh-oh. and I went through all these and I argued my case. Yeah, and uh, I was talking about Rocky Four in it, and I was like, and I said this, and it's true. When, whenever Rocky Four is on TV, I usually watch it, but when it gets to the scene where Apollo fights. Uh, Drago and dies. Oh. I don't watch it. That's either, like in the beginning, isn't I, it? It's pretty early in the movie. Yeah. I either leave the room or change the channel. Yeah. I don't watch that part. Well, that, was, that was pretty soul crushing. Yeah, that's yeah. a little uh, much. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Dolph Lundgren was my favorite part of that movie, and uh, <laughs> you can try to figure out why. Uh, <laughs> so, the, uh, the the uh, that was that. I, I don't know. In just in, in this Jackrabbit win at Villanova. It's I don't know I, I'm not saying this was um, I don't know think of your think of your greatest football game of all time as as a reference I don't know uh, it it wasn't it wasn't like that but there were like no there were were there any turnovers in this game it felt like there wasn't a turnover Villanova it turned it over twice oh okay both of them were late though late thank you because yeah. so because it was third third quarter late third quarterish I'm just thinking they're trading they're trading touchdowns they're trading stops but like this is a good solid. Yeah. It was well a, played yeah. football game, you know, and the, the everybody's strengths were showing up, but you know, uh, they had answers for each other. I, did, you, did you feel the same way? Like it, it was, was a great, solid fo- it football was a great game? football game. Yeah, um, and I thought it was going to be um, when the Jacks played Villanova in Brookings a couple years ago. They beat them ten seven, and it felt like the Jacks had really laid an egg that they had only won by three against a far inferior team. That they should have beat that team by twenty. It was obvious in this game that this Villanova team was much closer to an equal of the Jacks. Defense was very good. Offense, maybe not as explosive, but some good receivers and a quarterback who was tough as nails. And um, the impressive thing was just how you know, I think Villanova's defense came in allowing like 99 rushing yards a game, and the Jacks ran for like 270. And they did that without Pierre Strong. He got a concussion in the first quarter and, and left. And no surprise that Isaiah Davis was able to carry the load. He's awesome. Uh, but Amar Johnson, the third-string running back, stepped in, did a nice job. And uh, 
the offensive line just had a great oh, another yeah. great game pushing those guys around and and then you really have to give a ton of credit to the defense they really struggled in the first half they were down 21-14 and the way it's only a 7 point game but the way that Jack's defense was struggling to stop the pass you're like this doesn't look good right and uh, they yeah, pitched they were a shutout. Big plays. And they pitched a shutout in the second half. Yeah. And that was really, really impressive. Uh, they, uh, in fa- well, in fact, it, yeah, they, they gave up the late touchdown. I think they gave up two touchdowns in a row at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And it's slipping away from them. Then Villanova gets the ball to start the second right. half and go three and out. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much you deep dove into that, but that has to do – that must have something to do. It's cl- kind of cliched for us sports I don't know, reporters to – immediately go right to the adjustment card. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in this case, when the result is that dramatically different. And both sides to. talked about it. Um, Stig, Stig gave a, a pretty detailed explanation, honestly. He said, because Villanova had statistically a good running game, and uh, he said, we decided at halftime, maybe we don't have to really be afraid of this running game that much. So in the second half, he said they, they stopped playing a, a zone defense. They dropped more guys back. Um, Villanova's coach said they were dropping eight into coverage on every play. I don't know if it was quite that exaggerated. Um, but the Jacks basically said, we're going to back off and try to stop the pass and not worry about the run so much. Yeah. And it worked. And they I, shut them down. Yeah, it was it was great. And we'll go back to Villanova and then this game with Montana. But I've buried the lead. It's fine. It's a podcast. Who cares? Uh, John Stegemeyer, two more years. Yeah, let's yeah. let's get into that. That was your big story yesterday, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I was surprised. I was okay. I was gonna say yeah. I'm surprised, but I don't know how surprised you would be. I was surprised. Maybe you knew something else toiling in the works for a while, uh, because um, yeah, it just kind of felt like he was gonna. He came that. Cl- I don't know. You tell me why you were surprised. Um, because I just thought I'll his last up. contract was gonna be the last one. Yeah. I mean, he's 64. He's going to be 66 when his current contract ends. Um, I'm not saying that you can't coach into your 70s if you want to. And John is a young 64. Yeah. I think we would all agree. Yep. Um, but I just kind of thought that was sort of the understanding. No one had ever said that. John had never said that. Justin Sell had never said that. But that was an assumption I think a lot of people within Jackrabbit Nation had, that two more years and then it's done. And then, you know, just a couple weeks ago. Two more years ago, after this year. Well, yeah. whatever, whatever the end of the contract yeah. was. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, just a couple weeks ago, after they blew it against USD and kind of limped into the playoffs, we were talking about, you know, our, our Stig's days numbered. I mean, we knew he wasn't going to get fired in the middle of the season, obviously, and we knew he wasn't going to get fired at the end of the season either. But we did talk about, geez, you know, the way they lost that USD game, they've underachieved a little bit this, week, this year. You know, are they going to at least start thinking about who's going to be the next coach, you know? And uh, I, I think, you know, it was reasonable to, to ask that question. And if they'd have gone one and done in the playoffs, would he be getting this extension right now? Maybe not. Yeah. You know? But the fact that and, – and I think that's okay. And I also think it makes sense for Justin Sell to decide – like we said, we both defended Steg after the loss to USD. We yeah. acknowledged that people were talking about firing him, but that yeah. neither of us thought that was – what should be yeah. done? And we heard from a few people, or, or or read from a few people on Twitter that were like, "No, really, it's logical. He's it's it's time to go." Blah, blah, blah. It's always logical to fire a coach. Yeah, yeah. It always is. Let's <laughs> right. let's face it. We've reached kind of that stage in sports. Like, I mean, coaches get fired after winning coach of the year awards. Mm-hmm. They get after winning championships. Sure. It's just a different world yeah. now. Yep. But anyway, Coach O. Yeah, I mean, but anyway, I think what Stig's done in the last couple weeks. It doesn't necessarily negate what happened in the regular season. You know, they had some ugly losses that Stig bears some responsibility for, but um, these are the ones that matter. And the way he's rallied the troops, the way they've played, um, the way they've you know overcome adversity, gone on the road, all that stuff—that's impressive. 
And I think, too, you know, par- this could be partially you – know, I, I don't think Jason X is going to be around too much longer. I don't know if, if Jimmy Rogers is getting as much interest as, as Eck is from other schools, but part of it could be that. You know, like maybe the guys that are waiting in the wings aren't going to stick around to wait, in which case it makes sense to keep Stig for two more years or three more years or whatever it ends up being. Hmm. Yeah, you'd love to know what's really going on behind all of this. It is interesting that perhaps – these games, these last two games, matter that much. I guess three games when you, you, know, you include the UC Davis game in the playoffs. Winner go home. Yeah. Like they matter that much. That's the difference between. I, I don't know. Again, we don't know, but we could we could easily speculate that could be the difference between, you know, a revered like guy who should have a statue built after him eventually. Uh, not getting a contract extension and, and kind of softly going out into the night. And, nope, time for a contract extension. Well, it's funny. And, 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 by the way, the timing of the announcement, too. It's like, could they have waited till the playoff run was over? Or why? Do you, I mean, did you find that interesting? Why they just decided right on the precipice of the national semifinals, here we go, this? I don't know. It happened the same week that it came out that Jason Eck is a finalist for the Idaho job. So okay. maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I've been told that, that Eck is the – favorite for that job now, I don't know if that's true or not but um if you know and I don't know if that has anything to do with it I mean it's not like they were gonna push Stig aside to make Eck the head coach it's not like that's what was gonna happen so I, I don't know the timing is a little weird um but it, what's what's so interesting to me is it was after the USD loss that we were kind of like geez you know do we need to talk about this and I'm not gonna name names but I I heard I got texts messages from people who are pretty close to the program, people who have been Stig guys in the past, who were like, Jesus, maybe it's time. You know, that was pretty bad. And, and it was. That was, a, that was an unforgivable loss. But sitting here now, today, if the Jacks had won that game, if that Hail Mary had fallen incomplete, I don't know if they'd be where they are right now. They would have been a, they would have been a seed, so they would have got a first-round bye mm-hmm. and another home game. They might have been in a different place in the bracket where they had to play teams they didn't match up with as well against. They wouldn't have had that first round win against Davis. They would have had a bye. Yep. So they at best they'd be ten and three instead of eleven and three. Would they have gotten to play Sacramento State, Villanova? Who yeah, they're the four seed, the five seed, but they're not necess- they were the Jacks were favored in both games. Yep. Who knows what where they would have been placed in the bracket as an eight seed or a six seed or whatever. You know, they might have lost. They might have gone one and done, and be and Stig might not be getting that extension. Mm. It's crazy to think about. The, how the dominoes fall from different things that have yeah, happened. And you're and you're going from the, again, the more rational, logical, how I like to describe my dad, the Vulcan side of things with just the what-ifs what the what ifs on the matchups. But what about the, what about the psychological residual effect of the, of the Hail Mary and of that loss and people going, ah, they, you know, they soiled themselves again. Like, if you don't have that... Do, are they as uh, – I mean, they look pretty damn good these last three games for the most part, right? And with the exception of the second half in Sacramento where the weather was lousy and they had a big lead anyway, it's like they've been pretty pretty sound and poised and yeah. sharp. And, and maybe this goes to, to why Justin Sell did this and why he did it now. Um, when that Hail Mary was caught, I tweeted, uh, you know, touchdown coyotes, USD wins, dramatic fashion, unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how the Jacks will recover from this. That's what I tweeted. I don't regret tweeting that. That was a, a you know, a, a, to call it a, a shocking loss, a dagger, like, that, that doesn't even do it justice. I mean, you're not, most football players will go their whole life without experiencing a loss like that, especially in a rivalry game, you know, all the things that were attached to it. And I think Stig deserves a ton of credit 
for getting that team to dig out from you know whatever sort of emotional or mental hole they were in after that um, yeah. because the following week was the regular season finale at home against North Dakota and there was fucking nobody there at Brookings. Yeah. The fans were sending a message to the Jacks they're like, "Yeah, we're off, we're off the bandwagon. You just choked your just choked badly against USD in a game that you should have had, you had to have. Nobody came to that game." Yeah. And the Jacks went out and did not play particularly well. They kind of sleepwalked through a ho hum what, 24-21 win over UND yep. to get into the playoffs. And at some point, it, 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 again, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but but I think you have to give Stig the credit for just how ever since that week, maybe there was still a hangover a little bit from the USD loss, but once the playoffs started, man, that's three weeks in a row they've looked pretty good. They hammered Davis at home, and now they've gone – to opposite corners of the country. They went all the way to California one week, next week all the way to Philadelphia. Yeah. That's pretty impressive work. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes, that takes a toll physically, psychologically, and then, and then you lose your best weapon on the entire team, Pierre Strong, um, early in that Very early, yeah. playoff game against what appeared to be an evenly matched team. And so I'm, I'm glad. I, I appreciate the you being contrite on you're not sure, but – Obviously, Stig deserves credit as the caretaker of the program because I was going to ask you, what's, what do you think has gone into this? Is because it, it, it could be whatever psychological residual effect of that hail mary has on a team uh, to go out and you know uh, pro- prove something or you know whatever bounce back the grit and does that start with the head coach? But also, maybe they're just that good. Maybe we're seeing the true Jackrabbits right now. They're just that good. Oh, I think personnel wise, we've said all along this is the best team in the country. Yeah, I and believe that. We, that's why I criticized them so much. Yeah. You're the best team in the country, and you're eight and three. You blew a twenty to nothing lead at home to Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is not as good as you. They are an inferior team. The Northern Iowa loss. I mean, I, I'm a little inclined to give them a pass there because Northern Iowa was desperate. They always play the Jacks well. The Jacks never play well on homecoming. I don't know that they necessarily deserve a pass for that, but they just don't. Let's just say you're going to lose one game. It's the Valley. Asking yeah. you to go run the table is too much. Yep. But the USD loss and the Southern Illinois loss, those are I, I do not forgive you for those. You know, you should not have lost those games. You're the best team in the country. And I think to to, to, to what you're saying, now they're now they're doing that. Now they're showing that. Part of it is getting Isaiah Davis back. They didn't have him for Southern Illinois, Northern Iowa, or USD. Now they have him. And they're obviously a better team when they have him and Pierre Strong in the backfield together. Do we know what's going on with Pierre Strong? He's got a concussion. Okay. Um I think he's gonna play. Yeah. I mean I I I have no knowledge that this is like the fifth concussion he's had or anything. I mean, I'm sure they're going to hold him out of practice all week, and he's got to pass a battery of tests or whatever. And but if assuming he does, he'll play. Okay, well that's good. But they now know they can they can do this thing without him if they absolutely have to, or so it appears. And all those cliches about what it takes to be a championship team: defense, run the ball, stop the run. I mean, they are there. And uh, but also, obviously, you get into tight games. Can your quarterback make a big throw when it's absolutely needed? And not too often in this game did it feel like it was absolutely needed, but there were a few in both halves. The, the long touchdown pass to Jackson Yankee was a yeah. huge play. Yep, you know? yep, and it was on the money. And the mm-hmm. By the way, uh, you weren't watching it, and I don't know what kind of feedback you got. It doesn't really matter to you, but uh, most of us uh, that watched this game watched it on whatever, ESPN+. Plus, and this was a rare, this was a rare departure from kind of the unstudied – you know, dweebs. I hate to put down anybody in my in, in my line of work. I know how hard that is. But you know, these guys on the like ESPN Pluses of the world, 
do not get very good reviews most of the time because mm-hmm. they do kind of seem a little out of touch. Uh, I heard that it, they didn't even realize Pierre Strong wasn't playing. They were still talking about him in the third well, quarter. Like. Well, but I thought overall it had appeared they had actually done, done some homework, done their homework, <laughs> and uh, you know they they made it. Fe- and sometimes these guys make it feel like. Um, I don't know why I'm talking. I didn't plan on talking about this, but like the Indiana State game, I remember watching a little bit of it and going, "Wow, this feels like." I don't want to insult high school games because I call them like this feels like less of an atmosphere and less of a big game than what you would see Friday night at Hardwood Field. Mm-hmm. The way and even and it might have been a dreary atmosphere, but part of the broadcast crew's job is to is to not go over the top, spice it up a little bit. Yes, like mm-hmm. just make it feel like you're watching something relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and anyway, it, they it. it felt like it was uh against Villanova on Saturday but so anyway they're playing their best football and I mean is there anything to be worried about and pre-matchup with whatever Montana State brings to the table is there any trend right now that's going oh this might bite them eventually their defense is outstanding they just beat the shit out of Sam Houston State yeah the team that was the national champion were undefeated um they have like 40 sacks this year in 13 games one guy has 14 so the pass rush is very good they only give up 13 points a game I mean, they're they're scheduled. They're legit. One of their losses was to Wyoming, an FBS team. Yeah. Uh, their one FCS loss was to Montana, their rival at Montana. So uh, their defense is very good. They only give up 13 points a game. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. Stop the run very well. <laughs> the, the, the most interesting thing to me, Jacks fans will probably remember this guy. The guy named Troy Anderson. He was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year this year. Two years ago, he was a third-team All-American quarterback for Montana State. Okay. They recruited him out of high school. He was this do-everything dude that played linebacker and quarterback. And Bobcats had him play linebacker. Then they moved him to quarterback. Then in 2018, he became their full-time quarterback. Rushed for like 1,500 yards and 25 touchdowns. He's like an option quarterback guy. Then they moved him back to defense. He's now their starting linebacker and led the team in tackles and was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year this year after being an all-conference quarterback. Well, then, making this even more interesting, Montana's starting quarterback this year, Montana State, his name is Matthew McKay, I think, quarterbacks the team all through the regular season. After they lose to Montana in the regular season finale and right before the playoffs start, he enters the portal. Just bye, peace out. So he's gone, and it was like, okay, now what do they do? Do they take the Defensive Player of the Year middle linebacker or whatever linebacker he is and move him back to quarterback right before the playoffs? No, they decide to leave him at linebacker and just promote the backup quarterback to the starter. Okay. And he's been doing it. He's much more of a running guy. He has like 500-some rushing yards. But, <laughs> excuse me. But he did throw for like 150 yards and two touchdowns last week against Sam Houston. So I'd be interested to, you know, I haven't been following Montana State all year. I'd be interested to know what effect that had on the team. You know, the starting quarterback just says goodbye right before the playoffs start, and this guy steps in. But looks like maybe they're rallying around it. I don't know. Hmm. Um, But their their defense is loaded. They got this Anderson at linebacker. uh, Defensive end who has 14 sacks. They have 40 sacks as a team. Offense is pretty balanced. Uh, a running back, in addition to this running quarterback, they're starting running back. He's just behind Pierre Strong for rushing yards this year, leading the nation. So uh, they're loaded. They're good. I mean, oftentimes in the last few years, we've kind of looked at big sky teams with a little bit of side eye, like maybe they're not quite as strong as the Valley. And to be fair, the Jacks have already beat two of them in this playoffs, including the league champion, yeah. Sacramento State, who had won eight in a row. 
Uh, but Montana State's undefeated at home, 7-0. and And we just found out a second ago that game is officially sold out mm, wow. in 19,000. Uh, so it'll be a challenge, obviously, but it has been throughout this playoffs for them. It is feeling like this is kind of one of those runs where, for the Jackrabbits, where it, again, it feels so cliche to say, but like, what haven't they had thrown their way yet this year? I mean, they've had, uh, they've had some crushing losses. They've had to go everywhere and anywhere across the country. And by now, it's just kind of they've taken enough uh, body blows that either uh, they can sustain anything. Uh, or they're going to be like Drago in Rocky IV, and they're, they're finally going to, you know, the robot's going to finally combust. They're you know, they're not incombustible, and this is where they go to die. But uh, I, I think we could expect, it sounds like, a, an incredible football game. And other than the Pierre Strong thing, it feels like the Jacks are relatively healthy. It's not like um, they're, they're, in fact. They're a little banged up in the okay. secondary. Okay. And, and, you well, know, we'll see about Pierre Strong's availability. Yes. I do expect him to play, but I don't know that. You know, like we'll three regular starting, three of their four regular starting defensive backs are not the guys. Is that true? I mean, it kind of depends on how you – they've started so many different guys this year okay. that who's a starter and who isn't is a little bit debatable. But, All right. but they're, they're down some dudes, and we'll see if, if any of those guys come back. All right. The other one is North Dakota State and James Madison in the Fargo Dome. Uh, before I forget about it, because we only have a few more minutes, look, you, you've mentioned the uh, slim attendance at the each of the last couple Jackrabbit games, UND and, and Cal Davis. and uh, But that's a big issue up at North Dakota State as well. Boy, is that a big issue for some. Uh they had their smallest crowd since 2005, so well before they started dominating the FCS ranks. And uh, a lot of, you know, they're, they're, they're talking, they're tweeting, they're having fun. No, they're not having fun. It seems to be miserable for them, surmising why. Uh, and, uh, you know, some people think, it's well, they just need to sell beer. And, well, I don't think beer is going to push things over the top there. Why, oh, why do you think that is the case? It, it certainly makes the case uh, – it, it makes the Jackrabbit situation in attendance and fans, I guess, if we're just doing nothing but comparison, mm-hmm. um, uh, look a little bit better right. and not as negligible of a fan base. Jack's if, attendance this year was great until the last two, Okay, you know. That's true, um, and the weather was good. But yeah. this is a dome team. I mean, uh, they got a great dome. They're, they're great definitely atmosphere. there's definitely they're just, some fatigue setting. They're just in. complacent, you know. Yeah, I mean, you win it all the time, and they can't get any cool teams to come in there in non-conference play. But so these are the playoffs. Like but I'm just it's, saying, it's amazing. Yeah, I just, you know, I just think it's largely fatigue. No beer. That's part of it too. Um, attendance is down everywhere, you know. Yeah. Other than I guess maybe the the highest of the high levels, but you know. <laughs> it, People are broke, you know. People have other things to do. Games are expensive, you know. I mean, there's, there's just, there's never one answer. Yeah. There's a million things going on, you know. I happening at all levels of sports. Yeah, I mean, look at this way: league, like, high school. I go to these games for free because it's my job. Let's say it wasn't. Let's say I got fired tomorrow. Well, I would still be really interested in all these teams, so I'd still want to go to these games. Or, or so let's say tomorrow I start, you know selling insurance for a living or something how often am i going to go to a jack's home playoff game in brookings probably once a year you know and even assuming i I, you know make a comfortable salary where it's not like i can't afford to spend 35 bucks on a ticket or 100 bucks on three of them whatever you know like i'm just not going to do that every single weekend so i don't know i mean that yeah i'll give you a very i'll give you a very petty personal example like saturday Okay, the team that I grew up uh, loving, the only team I loved more as a kid growing up in Omaha, Nebraska, was the Creighton Blue Jay men's basketball team. Uh, my parents had season tickets. My mom worked there, and I was a ball boy. You know, in my mm-hmm. in my in my young, impressionable, sports-loving years, ages, whatever, eight to thirteen. 
And, you know, once I went to Nebraska, I just became more of a Nebraska fan for basketball. But, you know, I attended school there. I'm not as big of a Creighton fan as I was, but I was still like, wow, Creighton's at the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. I just woke up on Saturday morning. I didn't know this was happening. You know, I'm not a day, on a daily basis in the Sioux Falls sports media. So I'm like, wow. And, I was kind of, and part of me was like, well, I kind of want to go. That's Creighton. That's cool. Mm-hmm. They're here. Mm-hmm. They're playing BYU. And then I was like, oh, it's on TV. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, oh, I might run into some Creighton yeah, fans I know that made the trip from the Omaha. That's the thing I didn't mention oh, that I'm glad oh, you did. Like, Creighton's play-by-play announcer was the first guy who gave me a job in radio when, 20 years ago. I, I don't, I can just watch it on fucking yeah, TV. It's, yeah, you know. Yeah. When the yeah. Jacks first went D1, they weren't, on, they weren't on TV all the yeah, time. Yeah. And I, remember, I actually remember this being a thing. Me and Terry were talking about it, Terry Vanderbeck. When he was covering SDSU, it's like the, the Augie and USF were on TV every weekend and the Jacks weren't. And it was kind of like, what's going on here? And... Augie and USF liked it, even though they were kind of like, is this cutting into our attendance? You know, like, well, hey, it's good for recruiting. We can tell our kids, hey, your games are on TV. And then the Jacks are going like, well, what the hell? And I remember having a conversation with Terry about it, and he was saying that the administration at SDSU, the coaching staff, because, again, this is about 10 years ago, were kind of to- – they weren't sure what, what was best. Like, geez, do we want our games on TV? Will that stop people from buying tickets? Maybe we don't want our games on TV. High schools are struggling with this and with after web a while, streams. I, I remember having a conversation with Stig in one of my first years on the beat where he was like, we got to do it. He's like, even if it potentially does cut into our attendance, it's just too important for recruiting, being able to watch our games when we're on the road. He's like, you have to be on TV. It's, yeah. a, it's a non, yep. it's no debate. Yep, and he's right. I think he is too. Yep. But is that what is that cutting into attendance? Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to going and uh, calling a uh, boys high school basketball game tonight at a place where this is going to be streamed. And uh, yeah, I have no idea how much that's going to take the attendance down, but it's not my problem. And uh, the people who love it show up for it. we got great support for high school sports in general here. Uh, all right, so James Madison, North Dakota. How big of a threat do you think James Madison is? They are. I yeah. mean, they're, they're James Madison. They're always good. I think, I think they only have the one loss this year, which was to Villanova, uh, interestingly enough. I don't know much about JMU, like, personnel-wise. I haven't seen them play. I haven't paid much attention. Uh, but that's a great rivalry. It's going to be over after this year because JMU's moving up to FBS. Hmm. But they've had a, a good little rivalry with North Dakota State going on there. So that, that I expect the Bison to win. Yeah. And uh, I think we're all – when I say we, I mean – thank you. I mean everyone in this region – we would really like to see a SDSU-NDSU national championship. Of course. Do, do, how, do, are you going to predict the Jacks win? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I've picked them to win every playoff game so far. I don't I don't know if I was rooting for them against Villanova. At some point, I'm kind of like, you can be done and let me have the rest of December off. But, <laughs> yes. But it's also kind of a point where it's like, hey, you've come this far. Yeah. Finish, finish the job. Well, Let's get this thing done. But and if they lose, you know, if they, I don't think they're going to lose in freakish fashion like they did in the semifinals against James Madison on the road four years ago. Right. But if they lose and it doesn't look good, uh, just after the stig two-year contract thing, I mean, we'll we'll have something to talk about. I guess. Yeah. Either way, we'll have something to talk about. We either yeah. have a national championship game they've qualified for, or not, and uh, and an SDSU NDSU game or not. So, stay tuned. All right, thank you. See Appreciate up. it. There he goes, the high flying limousine riding, jet setting, son of a gun. I know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quote it verbatim. Rick Flair, uh, Matt Zimmer, who part of the dramatics of this game at Montana State is, is how will Matt Zimmer get there? And that's the most important thing, right? Will he travel with the team? Nice charter flight, point A to point B, or will he have a nice long Great Western road trip with his one and only Jen? Find out next week on the next episode of Nobody's Listening. Anyway, from the Gateway Lounge, hey, let's get elfin weird. E-E-
E-L-F-I-N Weird. Let's get Elfin Weird. The Ugly Sweater Party here at the Gateway Lounge is coming on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. So if you're listening to this on uh, Sunday, it's too late. Saturday uh, at the Gateway Lounge from about uh, 7 to 12.30 or so. Prizes for the ugliest, brightest, and most creative sweaters. So this is kind of like SantaCon. You know, they had a SantaCon in downtown Sioux Falls. They do it every year. I did it a couple years back when I was young and in my 30s uh, and could just go out drinking bar hopping on a December afternoon, bar to bar to bar. Gilbert and I would get a hotel room and get just, just get sloshed and hammered in our Santa costumes. One year we had matching uh, homemade Charlie Brown sweaters. Get it? Uh, Christmas sweater, ugly sweater, Charlie Brown sweater, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Huh. I went as Duffman one year because I just pretended it was Halloween. Uh, that was great. That was fun. It's a lot, though, you know, going downtown all over the place, getting sloshed on a Saturday. Uh, you can just go to one place to have a fun sweater party where people are festive and in the Christmas spirit. But, you know, not quite to that limit if you don't want to put that much effort into it. Uh, just instead of you know a Halloween Christmas party, just have an ugly sweater Christmas party right here at the Gateway Lounge, where of course you know they're going to have uh, wonderful people serving you drinks. You will not have to wait long, no matter how crowded it is, because they know what they're doing and they're nice people. And uh, might as well eat here on Saturday night as well. I just had my uh, tailor-made chicken patty melt. They have patty melts with roast beef, and I ask for chicken because I'm high maintenance, and they say sure. And I don't think it's just because uh, it's uh, it's because of me. Although the, I think they have mentioned that they might have to call this the podcaster. We'll see. It depends on if Jackson is listening to this or not. That's the big test. If Jackson is listening to this, then maybe the chicken patty melt will become the podcaster at the Gateway Lounge. So this is this is a test. This is a test of the emergency broadcasting system to see if Jackson, the manager, is actually listening. Uh, he's a great dude. I mean, you know, don't come here just for the great food uh, and events like the Ugly Sweater Christmas Party on Saturday or the best NFL viewing there is in town with this kind of movie theater setting of TVs all around. You can see every game at once, follow your fantasy football and your bets, etc. In an awesome atmosphere, but also uh, there's it's a charitable place. Uh, last I think it was Saturday, they had bring a toy, get a for the children's in, and get a free drink. Simple as that. Uh, this is kind of a, a load, uh, been a loading zone type of place to uh, to send clothes from the Sioux Empire people out to a Lower Brule for people who need clothes and winter winter coats and stuff like that. They did that a few weeks ago. Uh, it's just a great gathering spot. Gateway Lounge. I-29 and West 41st Street, the home of uh, both Nobody's Listening Anyway and Move the Sticks with Curtis Riggs. Check out that podcast that I do with the Sioux Falls Storm head coach. We're still not sure if he's going to uh, set sail for Seattle and uh, after 12 years uh, restart his college coaching career now that his buddy Kalen DeBoer is a multi-multi-millionaire uh, head coach of a Pac-12 team at Washington. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Uh, he, he had an incredible hour uh, distilling everything he could to us except for if, if he plans on, on, on having a big career move out of Sioux Falls to Seattle or not, but really taking us behind the curtain and uh, knowing how the sausage is made when it comes to coaching searches and how a guy like Kalen DeBoer climbs the coaching ladder from starting in 2009 out of uh, three NAIA titles in 67-3 and three at, at Little University of Sioux Falls, all the way to being the head man at the University of Washington. Some uh, incredible stories and stops along the way. That's the latest Move the Sticks podcast. Uh, if you haven't checked it out already, I think you'd really enjoy it no matter who you are. It's as much about life and uh, a, a, a fascinating high-stakes, high-big-dollars process as it is. 
uh, as it is football. But usually it's about football with Curtis, and that's wildly entertaining as well. And I did mention, I mean, if you're hanging around for me to do my plugs here, uh, a final push for my latest story on Dakota News Now. I'm a TV reporter there a couple times a week, just a part-time utility player, but they let me go out and do a story on the fascination of the old-fashioned drink. And if you weren't fascinated by it, well, my job is to get you fascinated about it uh, because I did a full three- or four-minute piece on the old-fashioned drink. And uh, so if you can't catch it, I don't know which newscast it is going to air, and this is going to be out of date if you're listening to this after Wednesday anyway. So just, I would recommend just look for it at dakotanewsnow.com or any of the Dakota News Now platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, well, that'd be it. Uh, John Gaskin's Old Fashioned Story, and enjoy. And then go out and have yourself an old-fashioned because it's the best drink on earth, in my opinion. Uh, besides the great drinks they make here at the Gateway Lounge, for Matt Zimmer, I'm John Gaskins. Talk to you next week after perhaps a Jackrabbit and Bison win weekend and a national championship matchup waiting in the wings. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. (laughs) You guys need a round of drinks? Yes.